0: My goodness, we are actually doing it. This is the first official Humans of Higher Ed podcast episode. This is Mike Zakarian, one of the creators uh, for Humans of Higher Ed and also the one with the podcasting equipment. So I will probably be doing the intros for the foreseeable future. We're really excited to kick this off. I mean, we're not excited why we're kicking it off. Uh, We're kicking it off because we're stuck inside and Good Lord, I need something to do. I uh, as you know, famously have left higher education uh, and have picked up a lot of part-time and freelance stuff while pursuing the dream of comedy. And you know what dries up quickly during a national emergency? Freelance stuff. Also comedy. Uh, that dries up pretty quickly. So you might be getting way too much content over the near future. But we are going to kick things off by doing little one-on-one interviews with the uh, creators of Humans of Higher Ed. So you're going to hear from Joel Pettigrew, you're going to hear from Jason Meyer, and then we're, you know, we're going to start things off with my good friend Billy Dunn. Uh, and then I think after those three, somebody will interview me because validation, baby. Uh, and then after after that, we'll probably go to a more like regular weekly schedule where we we'll are interview some of you, I would imagine, and also talk to some people outside of the higher ed field that are also stuck at home. So Make sure, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably subscribed. If you already follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, thank you so much. Uh, If you haven't, please do that. Uh, And then you also, like, feel free to reach out to us, whether it's on social or email, which is humansofhighered at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, critiques, you know, I'll take some constructive criticism. Uh, Just do it in an Oreo, you know. Give me the good stuff, some bad stuff, and some good stuff. I guess that's like an Oreo if you don't like the cream filling, right? Otherwise, I'm looking for bad stuff, good stuff, bad stuff. Has this analogy gone too far? Probably. All right, let's kick things off. I'm very excited to talk to my good friend Billy Dunn, but first, a message from Squarespace. Do you like websites? Have you thought about having a website? Well, guess what? you got plenty of time to create one now because you can't go outside. Squarespace. This isn't a real ad. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Humans of Higher Ed podcast. You probably just heard a fake commercial advertisement. Um, I'm very excited to welcome Billy Dunn to the podcast. Billy, say hello to your fans.
1: Hi, everybody. All seven of you.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dude, there's more than seven. I told you, were, uh, we're at least top 40 educational podcasts for March 17th. I'm sure as so a
1: 17.
0: Yeah, that's right, baby. So we get at least 17 right. fans.
1: Double digits.
0: I honestly was stunned to see that there were that many educational podcasts, period, let alone that many ahead of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it seemed like from the list you showed me, it seemed like some of them are really stretching the term educational. You referencing Jordan Peterson? I might be referencing <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every everybody wants to be an educator, but nobody wants to get that education on you know what i'm saying
0: yeah i kept refreshing it because i assumed i was filtering incorrectly when i was reading the first couple i'm like oh this is wrong
1: <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you were looking at like douchebag white guys <laughs> and that was
0: it will make sense why we were there
1: too yeah, so yeah um i was leaving that one out there for the universe
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i'm excited to have billy on billy is one of the his founding members sounds like a, a thing douchey white guys would say. But he's one of the founding members of Humans of Fire Ed. Uh, also, my first boss. Billy Dunn is my first boss. Uh, was, I, was I your boss? I don't know. I was,
1: like, I was like a buddy that could fire you.
0: Yeah. I felt like at first you were my boss. It felt like you were my boss. Not because of what you... Actually, maybe it was you just telling me that you were ahead of me. That may Yeah, no, that
1: was that was probably it, yeah. I, I had a title that may have seemed like I was your boss, but I didn't have any responsibility or power. I just had yeah. a title and maybe maybe an extra eighteen hundred dollars a year. Maybe an extra yeah. eighteen hundred. Nineteen hundred maybe.
0: Nineteen hundred. I
1: mean that's that's still like a nine percent lording over you on how tiny our salaries were, but uh, I was gonna say nineteen
0: nineteen hundred Dean dollars is like Yeah. Five million, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Billy, Billy, and I worked together. Uh, at Dean College back in, uh, gosh, I guess it was two thousand nine. Does that sound right?
1: Just going right to the name. Just going right to the name of the school. Uh, yeah, I mean
0: they just linked in yeah. this. This isn't like yeah, you know, <laughs> this isn't like our uh, anonymous humans of higher ed profile. Even though that no. is. Yep. how it was described. I'm going to try to pick all the scabs in the first five pick minutes of
1: this. Just rip the band-aids, pick the scabs, Dean College, Franklin, Massachusetts. Yep.
0: <laughs> but Billy,
1: Billy, I think, was one of the first people, well, obviously, there's only a couple of
0: us, but it was one of the first people that was asked to do Humans of Higher Ed. And I think that's because Billy uh, has, he's got, Billy's got a good head on his shoulders, but he's also very funny. Uh, and I, I always enjoy Billy's perspective on things. Uh, a lot of No BS with Billy, Uh, but Billy, why don't you tell us a little bit about like why, how did you get started in higher ed? Uh,
1: Yeah, so I worked for a couple of years in politics before I moved into higher education. You're not referring to student government, right? Yeah, no, no, yeah, like actual government, like, like real government. Because when I was in college, my main involvement was totally student government. Uh, freshman class president, senior class president, and everything in between, um, and I thought that was, you know, that was a training ground for something I could do professionally. And then you get into like real government, and it is the worst people doing the worst things for the worst pay. So I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was that was the first two years after college, and I, I, I had a buddy that was like, just find something to go to grad school for. You're smart, just go to grad school. And I started looking at programs, and I saw student affairs. And I went to a small private school. Student affairs wasn't really a thing, but being student government, I I said, oh, that's, you know, that's in the neighborhood. That's in the wheelhouse. And so I did no market research. I did no research on (laughs) what I would actually do for a living. I just assumed being kind of, you know, poor and Southern, having a master's degree to me meant I would be set for life. Right, like that's mm-hmm. that's. I'm sure a lot of people fall into the trap, though.
0: Yeah, I think my family still feels that way that I have a master's degree. They think, "Oh, you're set. You're fine."
1: Yeah, yeah. So did that two years at University of Connecticut, go Huskies? Uh, got my first job in student affairs there as a uh, program coordinator for the graduate program I was in, which was you know super fun to kind of be like Uncle Billy for a lot of people, <laughs> and you know, a lot of people that are probably listening. Right now, might remember old Uncle Billy at the University of Connecticut. Uh, was really proud of the work I did there, and I thought that could be, you know, the start of something, something great. And then I moved into student activities, and boy, was that not the start of something <laughs> great. That was the start of something else. So yeah, that's that's how I got into this. Uh, two years in student activities, six years in res life, and then I just decided to throw it all away and go to business school. Yeah, and how, how are you feeling now? Uh, much better compensated, yeah. much more balance, all of that. You know, the grass is not always greener, sure. but every once in a while, there's some green, green grass out there. Yeah. So, anybody that's been thinking about getting out of higher ed, listen to this: humans of higher ed tell yeah. me. Consider it. When yeah. The pandemic, and I pr-
0: I promise. I promise the humans of higher ed podcast will not be. Uh, like promotional material to get you to leave higher ed uh, even though even though 75% of us no way. Yeah, if we are the last thing that pushes you in that direction, then that means you were already there. But we're not we're not we still I think I think I could say uh, we still feel that higher education is important. I think we still value Yeah, we still value the work of Student affairs and higher education. I think we just realized that it wasn't going to be us carrying the yeah. torch. Except for Jason. Jason is still fighting the good fight. And is great at it. Like, I, when all of this craziness and chaos is happening right now, it's nice to know that Jason is someone that's, like, making decisions.
1: Sure. Yeah. Makes me feel a little bit better. Talk about me having a good head on my shoulders. He actually has, like, a great head on his shoulders. And maybe one on his shoulder, like like a parrot. He may yeah. have a whole other head making good decisions, because <laughs> that's how that's how smart that guy is. Yeah, that's how level and 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 frankly, I'd like to work for him if I ever went back. Yeah, into the into the mire, you know, into the muck. I would I would want to supervise him to Meyer
0: University. <laughs>
1: I didn't even think of that. That's yeah. just a, that's just wordplay that I didn't even mention. Yeah,
0: it's good. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's go back to so humans have hired. Can I, can
1: I just can I backtrack for a second? Yeah, you, you said that it's great that Jason is doing you know great work. I would like to stress that <coughs> I did great work in education, right. and if I was still in education, I would be doing great work in education. Just wanted to throw that. Yeah, out. Yeah, no, I
0: so I'm sorry if I alluded <laughs> to the fact that you were doing a just bad want to job. I
1: Make sure that's clear that I did not leave education. At anyone's request. No, it was all <laughs> internal. No, no one said you can't do this anymore. Just wanted to make sure that.
0: No, that's definitely out there, and I think for me the same, uh, except down the stretch. I think like once I mentally made the decision that I was going, like we uh, we lit those bridges on fire. I think it, it was on my way out. I, it was clear that I was on my way out. Um, I, actually, I hear this from a lot of people who were like how did you get away working in higher ed and like clearly being one of the people behind humans of higher ed sure. And I got to tell you it never crossed my mind that it would be a problem <laughs> which <laughs> which is maybe the only way this works is it like you almost have to not be self-aware enough to know that this is you running this thing cuz it really until the blow up of last summer I never thought about I don't know. I also just never thought anything was controversial. Like we weren't saying anything that wasn't yeah. true or insane. Like clearly we were embellishing some stuff, but I never thought, like, oh man, you bad, you bad people, posting those, posting those funny, funny yucky yucks. To you bad, bad people. Um, but I guess I don't know. Maybe.
1: And it's, it's again, it's not like we called out former employers. It's not oh. like we ever, like, threw a specific supervisor under the bus. No, it's this... not like we ever made something, like, clearly targeted at somebody. So if somebody thought that we were burning our bridges or if we were, you know, never going to be able to get another job in higher ed because of humans of higher ed. Yeah. I, I, it's it's kind of one of those things I wouldn't want to be part of a club that would right. have me almost at that point. Like, if you're not going to let me... Come back to higher education because we make memes now right <laughs> and it was never I'm about really it not gonna laugh long in higher ed version two you know right. i'm not gonna that, that career is not gonna be any longer than it was the first time
0: right and it was never about individuals anyways like that wasn't the right. point of it right um but anyways going back to like the origin of higher ed of uh, humans of higher ed i think like when you think back about where it started Right, where sure. it started with like almost testimonial type things to where it is now. What's kinda of like the craziest thing about the evolvement that kind of stands
1: out for you? Uh honestly I still think the craziest thing is that we <laughs> ever spent that much time on it in the beginning because it really was a written work. It mm-hmm. wasn't just a meme, it was us finding a way to find a picture on the internet <laughs> and write something Absurd. Like you said, it's over the top, hyperbole, whatever you want to call it. It was a satire project based on the the weirdest, kookiest, most annoying, mm-hmm. hardest parts of all of our shared experiences. And we would actually write three, five paragraphs. And I mean, yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's just a little side project, and again, we I mean we did not pick up any speed, we didn't pick up any scene. <coughs> You know, I don't think we had our, our thousand follower on Facebook for like nearly nine or ten months. I mean, we were screaming into the void Yeah for nobody for, for a long time each day. And and now we just make a you know, we, we just put a few words on a on a Simpsons picture and it gets, yeah. you know, six hundred retweets. You I know. know, it's 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 crazy that we ever started and, and stuck with it long enough for it to be something that we could all lose our jobs over. I there. know.
0: I remember like thinking to, because I get we started in February and I remember we got to May and we're like okay I think we should go to Monday Wednesday Friday now for the summer because it's going to be too much work to do this over the summer and the amount of time and thought that went into it and then like you fast forward a year or two later and it's like there's no not that there's no thought that goes into it but it's just kind of like what pissed us off today, and how can we how can we make that enjoyable?
1: What's the hot meme on the streets right now? What can we just completely co-opt for higher
0: ed? Yeah, and like sometimes I feel like we're posting because we're like, oh, man, we haven't posted in like 48 hours. We probably should throw something out there just to stay relevant. And then other times it's really like, I don't know, I think this is funny. Let's do something with this. <laughs> you know? And I, yeah,
1: maybe thirty thousand people will think it's funny too.
0: Yeah, when you think back about uh, humans of higher ed and the journey that it's been on so far, what is the? Is there like a specific moment that stands out that you're like, "Whoa, this is a real thing now"? I, I'm going to put "real" in quotes too. I don't mean like real, like impactful in people's lives, yeah, yeah, but you know what I'm yeah. saying.
1: I, I will say there was there was a definite moment for me that was kind of surprising, uh, NACA, i I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say NACA or N-A-C-A. I, I can't remember. I've been out of the field too long. Uh, but was held in Columbus a couple of years ago while I was at business school at the Ohio State <coughs> University. And I remember driving down to the conference because I wanted to just do some bits or something. Like, I wanted to try. And the first group of people I walked up to, I was like, hey, have you heard of that site, Humans of Ed? And I figured maybe one of them. They all knew exactly what I was talking about. And I just kind of got like, not overwhelmed, but just in that moment, I was like, I don't want to be here doing this right now. I don't want to yeah. do a bit because people actually know who we are. Like, right. if, if it was more underground or something like that, like, and obviously it is completely underground, it's a subset of a tiny, you know, it's a niche market. But just knowing that people knew who we were on social media. Mm-hmm. And then I'm standing there talking to them. That was just one of those moments that I had not emotionally or mentally prepared myself for. because Yeah. We we don't often walk up to strangers and they know what we're working on. Right. It's just not something I was accustomed to.
0: Right. It is a little jarring. I remember I had two different moments. One where I was uh, interviewing for a job uh, and it came up uh, because I referenced something and I didn't explicitly say humans of higher ed or I just like referenced something about social media experience, and then the interviewee was like, or the interviewer, interviewee, whatever. Uh,
1: Interview. They were the interviewer.
0: Yeah. So they were like, oh, uh, have you heard of this page called Humans of Higher Ed? And I had to like have a split second reaction of like, I don't know if announcing this. Is going to help me or hurt me in this moment? Like, because this could be like, oh, we can't trust this guy, <laughs> or it's like, oh, yeah, good sense of humor, like a pulse on what's going on. But I remember, I just remember that moment of like, holy crap, this is like a split decision that I need to make right now.
1: And then I, the, I need to know more about your question, interviewer. Yeah. I need to know more. Yeah, about why you're asking. Yeah, do you hate the fuck and want to? <laughs> Bash it with me, or or do you love the site? Yeah, and want to share some excitement about it.
0: Show me your social media presence right now. <laughs> yeah, and then
1: the other one was recently. I was doing
0: a stand-up show in um, Queens, and I believe her name was Rosie, who works at NYU. but came up to me afterwards, and this and just I guess it was an educational based comedy show, but came up after and was like, "Oh, you're Mike from Humans of Higher Ed, right?" Like, I saw, I saw that the show was happening and came because of. Like I, I knew you from Humans of Higher Ed. And I'm like, holy crap! This isn't even in the college no. realm right now. And I was like, whoa! Yeah. I was did so she, blown did,
1: away. Did Rosie, did Rosie have to pay money to get into that show? Yeah, yeah, that's wild. I that know. Actually, paid money to come see you because four years ago we started a little comedy project. Yeah, that's and that's a commitment. That on- is an action.
0: And on that night I was disappointing compared to the other comedians so and then I and then I was like oh man I gotta I need people who like humans of higher ed to give me a heads up before they're coming to the show so I can just <laughs> roll out good stuff that night
1: you should go through all of our like the, the Twitter followers the Facebook and see if she's still following because she may have seen your act and then like
0: I'm good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I can't. Unfollow. I can't look at unfollow. that. That would be devastating. would yeah. <laughs> be devastating. Yeah. Is there a moment during like what's the angriest you've been during our Humans of Higher Ed run?
1: Oh geez. Uh, I mean, naturally, I would. I think I would gravitate towards last summer when people were calling us just absurdly over the top just calling us despicable, saying if I had made this, I would feel horrible. You know, it's, it's, I think that's, that's probably the worst I've ever felt or like the, the most emotional resonance I've had from something we've done probably.
0: Yeah. That was also weird too. They were giving us way too much credit for how much thought we put into. something. that's one of my favorites because nobody knows you're from the South.
1: (laughs) Right. And that's, that, that goes back into how the site used to be or how the project used to be where we would write something and then look for the picture or we would find the picture and then write something. And in that case, I very specifically wrote that whole piece again, almost from like a, I am a Southern, you know, well-educated person. I, I, this is how I think, I think in y'all, you know, and, and then someone, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw any of our teammates under the bus, but someone found this, completely like the joke was written in one voice and the picture was clearly in a different voice and when you put them together the y'all extravaganza happened yeah so that's that's probably why it didn't go to my mind didn't go there immediately because i still stand by what i wrote i still just... give it a if it had a different picture, there would have been no y'all controversy.
0: Yeah, still don't know if there should have been it. A... I think if we were with the following we have now and did that post, I can't imagine anything comes of that.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, Maybe. On the flip side, yeah. On the flip side, I think if we write that post with that picture today, with you know the the much larger market share we have, I think it. I think it goes in a completely different direction. I think it goes bigger. Think? I think it's I think it's a bigger controversy. And that's Ooh. you know, that's maybe one of the reasons we don't do those kind yeah. of posts anymore. Too that's, much. Wiggle I mean, room. That is towards the tail end of the you know, the fake humans of New York type that's, of post. That was that was towards the end.
0: It's true. I can never tell if we evolved because like people were telling us to evolve, if we evolved because our taste evolved, or if we evolved because we were lazy. Because <laughs> it was way more work to write those posts out.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we went where the audience wanted to be because again, we would write and we would, you know, we would put a post together and it would get some likes and then every once in a while we would throw a meme out there and it would get shared. It would get retweeted. It would, you know, and that's, that's how you grow in Mm -hmm. social media is engagement and, and people voluntarily taking your material onto their feeds and sharing it with their friends. Nobody was doing that with long, expository, random pictures and posts. That yeah. just wasn't that wasn't happening. So, you know, call it laziness like you just did, but yeah. it, it's efficiency. It is an efficiency of growth.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I also am appreciative that we're not writing those because it did take a lot more work, but <clears throat> I agree. I agree. I think it's yeah. more about efficiency. Is there anything that you think that we just like uh, don't do well? Like, what do you think we need to do better?
1: That's a great question. Yeah. I think the I think the thing we could definitely do better is every once in a while being a more serious reflection of of things that either need to happen or should happen or could happen. And I think if you look at the last week or so, we've definitely gotten a lot closer to that with the Puppers of Peace, where we were just trying to, as everything was breaking loose, and and higher ed seemed to just be catching fire with all of the different just craps just being dumped on our our student affairs side of the house. Puppers of Peace was just something that, you know, I got my little dog back here. She's 24 pounds of joy and love, and (laughs) I know a lot of people out there that are going through really tough stuff have their little pupper of peace or maybe they're you know, their fish or their hamster mm-hmm. or whatever. But you know, that was a couple of days and um, you know, Jason did The pep talk some, yeah, the, the pep talk stuff, he started that and did some really good work on that. I think honestly of humans of higher ed, that's probably the most proud I've been is that when our colleagues and our you know, the people we've been on the front lines with needed us. We weren't there just kind of like posting Simpsons memes. We were yeah. trying to give people some real encouragement and excitement in that moment.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, I think, yeah, definitely in those moments. And then even like the fun stuff that we've posted since then has been, uh, I think, in, a, in an attempt to provide relief versus uh, selfish. Not, It's never selfish, but the idea of like, oh, I this is funny. This will get a bunch of likes. Let's put it out there. I sure. don't think our head has been there in the last week. Which has been nice. And I mean, I think that's reflective from our messages back and forth between the four of us, too, that, I don't know, I think we're all freaked out, right? So we're just, anything yeah. that's going to provide a distraction for us, but also relief for anybody else. I mean, that's, honestly, it took, it took this crisis for us to be like, well, I guess we're going to buy, which is terrible, but it's true. I mean, like, we, we've pussed around with the idea of doing a podcast for what? A year or two at this point? At least, yeah. I know I got podcasting equipment over a year ago and haven't touched (laughs) it. And it took, like... And, a, and,
1: and, like, I haven't left the house except to walk the dog in four days. I yeah. needed something. I needed somebody to talk to, you know? this, is, this, is, this is, I know. This is the, you know, the the human interaction that I'm sure people are going to listen to this during all of this. And yeah. then, like, a month from now, maybe they will never listen to us again. I know. Who knows? I,
0: I think the one benefit that we get from this is that people will probably be more patient with garbage podcasts. So, like, we've got a little wiggle room to throw out four pieces of crap before we, like, figure yeah. out how to do this. So, yeah. thank you for being the first and, piece of crap.
1: I was going to say, and this is something <laughs> worth listening to or not, so hopefully... Nah, there's some nuggets, there's some that nuggets. That in the last
0: What's the weirdest thing you've purchased since uh, going down this uh, coronavirus rabbit hole?
1: Like, have you made any weird, weird buys? I mean, this is America, so, you know, buying a shotgun... <laughs> May not seem weird to most people, but it's pretty weird that I own one now. Did you <laughs> did you own a gun pre-Corona? No, I have never owned a gun. I have barely fired a gun. But you know, better safe than sorry. I guess it's it's still in the box in the closet. If society devolves, if if you know, if Mad Max comes to pass, I'll open the box. But for now, yeah. So the kind of one of those like a security blanket at right this point so it yeah.
0: w- it wasn't an, uh, a buy for an immediate use but you were like i oh, should no. i should get it just in case <laughs> down the road
1: because it's you know we always have that saying it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it and, and when you're facing a potential whatever we're facing yeah Better to have it not need it. That's to true. Need it, not
0: have it. I feel like, based on your location, whatever's about to come gets to you like a half beat after it gets to me. <laughs> and so, I feel like what's nice is you have a little, like, if you see it happen to me, you're like, okay, it's coming. <laughs> like, but Go it's, open the box. Yeah, yeah open the better.
1: box. Yeah. yeah. For those of you that don't know, I live in the middle of the country. So, Mike is on the East Coast where things actually happen. Yeah. And then it, it apparently makes its way in like a like a slow human tsunami apparently. Yeah. Like
0: I left higher ed because I was like, hey, I don't want to do shelter in place anymore. And the mayor of New York is like, Hey, we're gonna shelter in place now.
1: Yeah. So, it's it's a, You feel like there should be some more student affairs people in government to kind of loop it all back to where I where I started, it feels like maybe some people should be running icebreakers before these meetings so that we're all on the same
0: page. It's true. I mean, we tweeted this out this week, but like in the way that Italy is out on their balconies singing, I imagine it's going to be people like us that are like, I said a boom, chicka boom. (laughs) we
1: are going to be doing name games from the balcony. My name is Billy and I'm bringing (laughs) bananas.
0: Oh, big booty. (laughs) Big booty. Big booty, Apartment 1, Apartment 1, Apartment 4.
1: Yeah, I'm in the suburbs now, so <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm doing icebreakers with anybody. No, I think we're just going down to That's why you going a shotgun. Yeah,
0: that's why you bought yeah. a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I, I have still felt like moments of being an RD where uh, on like Sunday... My upstairs neighbors had people over, and I almost wanted to go upstairs and not to be like, hey, I need you to quiet down. I want to be like, hey, everybody needs to leave. You should should (laughs) be hanging.
1: Yeah, you can just. 72 hours of no guests, America. Yeah,
0: just drink by yourself. It's way better. It's way better. Oh, yeah, I, I. Yeah, people are. You. Put something out on the interwebs this week about whatever that Men in Black quote was.
1: Oh yeah, uh, a person can be smart, but people are not. God, that's I forget exactly what she says, it's beautiful. That's the, that's the general. Yeah, that's I feel the general like, theme there.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's relatable in a crisis, but I also do think that's relatable to anybody that works with students. Like you have a one-on-one, and everybody gets it. Everybody gets it in that one-on-one meeting. Yeah, and you have a floor meeting. And everyone's like, "Well, what if I'm naked? Like, then what happens? Like, you know, like those are the questions you
1: get." Yep, that is that I, I had not processed it in that way. But when we unpack it, mm-hmm. America is going through a hall meeting right now.
0: Yep, America. Oh God, America is going through a hall meeting. That's very good. If every if God. the other thirty-two minutes of this have been garbage, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna cut that little nugget out. Yeah. Post that bit.
1: Everyone, everyone that's on here to hear America is going through a hall meeting right now. Fuck. You earned that little, that little nugget of joy.
0: Fuck you, Jordan Peterson. Did you just hear what Billy Dunn said? <laughs> Honestly, I I know we're still workshopping some names and podcast names and ideas or whatever. But if we rebrand as the Fuck You, Jordan Peterson podcast, I'm...
1: Because we frog. All right, we are higher than Jordan Peterson on educational podcast. No, I don't now, think that, right? like, I don't think that's true. But oh, we haven't beaten him yet. No, I. Mind him? We're still thirty-two. Right. We, everyone that's listening, everyone that's listening. If you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, you want us to beat. Yeah. If you do know who Jordan Peterson is, tell everyone to subscribe so that we can leapfrog Jordan Peterson in the educational podcast. Board.
0: Yeah, and honestly, even if you yeah. let... Even if you like Jordan Peterson, it's more fun to root for an underdog. And uh, we are the underdog in the Jordan Peterson situation. So,
1: yeah. Like, how many people do you think are subscribing to us and the Jordan Peterson? Ballpark it. What percentage of people that subscribe to this podcast have their feet in both pools?
0: I would have to go and see how many people from Duke like the Humans of Higher Ed podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right, there's gonna be maybe Vanderbilt, like I can see there's I guarantee you the people that follow both are the people that got really excited when I said I bought a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Those are the people that are like, I told ya. We don't get into that. Y'all voice that people of.
0: We're gonna get twenty comments on, on this and nineteen of them are gonna be like, Billy, return the shotgun. But one of them is gonna be like, "Oh boy!
1: <laughs> Yesery <sir-y." laughs> Uh, yep. Oh, man. You, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my podcast ignorance. Do you comment on podcasts? Uh, I think Are you it, just saying when we post the podcast, it will get comments? On our Twitter, I think. On our, on our yeah, on our regular social media channels. Yeah. Okay.
0: And you know, right. speaking of that, too, that we've had such a positive response. I mean, clearly, because a lot of people subscribed last night. But such a positive response to, like, us finally podcasting. And I just can't help... But think about what a disappointment this is going to be for people. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. 100%. It would be one thing if we've all run successful podcast. Like Conan O'Brien started a podcast last year and was immediately successful because he brought in very talented people who have done lots of podcasts. He brought in a talented podcast producer. None of us know what we're doing. So, like... It's going to be bad.
1: This is amateur hour, as amateur as it gets. Yeah,
0: I think we really need people's patience for like a month or so. We just need to rifle out some crap.
1: The good thing here is, we have done this before. Three or four years ago, whenever we started, we put just garbage out into the universe. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it resonated with people. Yeah, I mean, I hate... They gave us they gave us that that, that runway to, to figure out how to get the plane off the ground.
0: Absolutely. And
1: some people still think we're putting out garbage every day, but they're just not going to subscribe. Yeah. So people will be ignorant of how great it can be.
0: And for the next five minutes, we're going to name those names. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we're not, Mike.
0: No, we're not. Because uh, Jason's still in higher ed. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And he's fragile. He is fragile. You know, Jason Jason doesn't need he's gonna be at conventions with people. He's gonna mm-hmm. be at you know conferences. He doesn't need anyone to just get him in the chest. He'll be or, he'll
0: know. be zooming into those though. He will be zooming into those conferences. That's true.
1: That's I mean eventually we will have conferences again. Yeah. I mean eventually the world will spin again.
0: I hope so. Fingers crossed fingers crossed. Although I think like if if I was in higher ed and somebody else came out with this, I think I would hate them too. So like I part of me can resonate with that feeling of disliking this quite a
1: bit. Especially cuz neither of us are actually in higher ed. This is a great first episode. This is
0: No, I like it. But I still I, I, I when when everybody was going through the initial waves of like schools closing because of the coronavirus. Honestly, we should have led with coronavirus stuff. I can't believe it took us thirty minutes to get there. But when the initial wave,
1: happy it took us this long to get there. I'm very true. happy. We have not talked much about this. That's that's how
0: much Billy and I like each other, and it, we wanted to catch up before we talked about coronavirus. But I so I posted why we need to be like thinking about our students in this moment. And sure. uh, Kelsey, my girlfriend, was almost like, "Why did you post that?" Like, is there, not that she's anti-student, but more of like, is everything okay? You haven't said a nice thing about higher education <laughs> since we've been together. <laughs> like, is everything all right? And it was a good reminder that like, even though I am very happy to not work in higher education, the only way I could see myself going back is a national or a global pandemic that required <laughs> me to get a job again. <laughs> but I, I, you know, it's not because of students. Right, like sure, 100%. we went. We went to grad school. We went to grad school to work with students, and then we moved up, and we stopped working with students and started working with adults. And if I am gonna work yeah. with adults full time, I am gonna go get paid better. You right. know, well, at least that's what you did. What I did was I got paid worse, and I don't work with anybody. Yeah, but
1: you you leaned into like something that would make your soul light on fire. Like that's that's the other side of the coin. I just went I went for the coin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my side. Of it. I
0: think that's smart though. But it it was like the second I was like, "Oh wow, I love doing comedy. This might be a thing that I like pursue." It reminded me how I felt when I got into higher ed, which was like, sure. "Holy crap, I love this. I want to do this forever." And then once that light goes on, it's like I can't do the other thing anymore. Like because I know what I used to feel for that other thing. And now I know I don't feel that way. So every moment in this space is a waste of time not doing the thing that I want to do.
1: And yeah. once that happens, and it's over. In many ways, that was a conversation I had with my supervisor, Neil Andrito. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, my, one of my last conversations in the higher ed before I made the decision to go to business school was I, I told him, you need somebody in my chair who has that fire, who actually has that 100% effort, care, emotion mm-hmm grounded ability to do my job and that that wasn't me at that point Mm -hmm. you know that was I I was operating you know we talked about this a little earlier I was operating at probably 90 95 percent effectiveness and that that was going to drop that was going to keep going down the longer I stayed in education so it was time it was time my seat needed to be filled by somebody that was still at 100 percent for as long as they could be
0: absolutely and not that this is the Jason Meyer like shout out podcast but Again, he's someone who it's like, it's great to see him in a leadership role because you're like, this guy gets it and loves it and is inspiring other people. to. And like, that's the person that should be in that seat right now. It shouldn't be me thinking about like, oh man, I know I have a student meeting from 6 to 6.30, but I got to get out by 6.35, the latest, so I can make my set at 7. You know what I mean? Like, that's not where your head's supposed to be. Also, we shouldn't be working till 7 anyways. That's another thing. But like... <laughs> so one of
1: the things that the, the, the other half of the equation for me, one of the things that I really latched on to quickly when I got to business school is the idea that there's not really competition in higher education. You know, there's not really that that same level of winning, so to speak, and, and I'm just I guess I, I've realized I'm naturally competitive. And that was one of those things that you just don't get Fed into in, in in higher education, you don't have that same feeling that you do in business. I was I mean, there's a the, there's a the the natural you. scorekeeping in business.
0: Do you find that now? Do you find like you're getting that competition itch now?
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you know, I I I'm not going to get into right. what I do and all of that. You know, that's that's on my LinkedIn. You can see that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of the most competitive industries on the planet. So, I mean, there's definitely a, a sense of when we're winning versus when we're losing. And, and I, I never had that. I remember in, you know, in my last big role in, in higher education, I was assistant director for residence education, and I was working on uh, bringing residential curriculum to, to Salem State. And... You know, you go to these conferences, you go to the RLI, you go to, you know, you you meet with other schools that are, you know, either started before you or they're, you know, they're working alongside you. And and I remember going one year and this is this is no shade to any of the people that, that, you know, I'm not even going to say what name of thing in higher education. But I remember going and we came back. We had launched our residential curriculum. And when we came back, this school really respected school, had not launched yet, and so in my head, in that natural competition place, I was like, oh, oh man, we beat insert school here to launch, and again, that is completely, that's not how education works, like, that school has their own issues, my school had its own issues, we worked through ours, who knows why they didn't work through theirs, or maybe they had new issues, who knows? But that's that's one of those moments where I knew this might not be the field for me. Yeah. There's there's a there's a puzzle piece missing in in, in higher education for me. And maybe, you know, maybe I could have found it in another mm-hmm. part of higher education. Maybe, you know, maybe if I worked in admissions or or you know, maybe even you know you know, who are the people that do endowments, like the, the, the fundraising people. You. you know, maybe that would have scratched the itch for me, but it was it was it was definitely a puzzle piece missing for me in education is that ability to beat someone. Yeah.
0: No, I find, I find that super relatable. I mean, I think part of the thing that kept me in higher ed as long as it did was probably creating humans of higher ed. Because that felt mm. like a numbers yeah. thing we could win. I mean, we created so many, like, fake things that we were like, oh, we got to catch NASPA. We got to catch the <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like, we just created things that we could win. Like, oh, we need yeah. to get we need to average 100 likes a post. We need to get, like, a 1,000 new members or whatever. Um, and I remember that was the thing that like fueled me that it was like, okay, yeah, we can be good at this in a field where like, we usually don't keep score.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's a hundred percent, hundred percent. We don't keep score in higher ed. And if that's something that naturally motivates you, it is going to be tough. It is going to be tough. And I remember, you know, in a different, uh, a different residential education role, you know, just being proud of, Creating scoreboards and mm-hmm. creating ways to track, you know, in that instance, it was specifically getting students, getting RAs to do their project or another project, getting RAs to do their program evals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that was one of those things where we implemented a couple of key, pro, you know, key practices, key you know priorities to make that something that we tracked and that we publicly... You know, you could call it shame. I called it accountability. We had a board, Billy's Board of Accountability. It was you know, the the amount of change we made in the rates of program uh, you know, people filling out their program paperwork after a program went through the roof. And that's the kind of thing that at the end of the day, is that is that winning? Is that I mean it's an impact, it's a it's a change, but I'm not beating somebody, it's right. not, you know, you're not competing with anybody, you're just competing with, you know, it's, it's almost like, like the difference, difference between running on the treadmill and running
0: a 5k. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I, I truly believe that that speaks more about the individual than the field, right, like I think that means that we are motivated by things that aren't valued in the field of higher ed, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's, Wrong of higher ed. I don't. I think sure. that. Sure. I think that just means we're fueled in a way that doesn't translate as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that's part of the reason. I know part of the reason I'm pursuing the thing that I'm pursuing now is that because it's hard and most people don't succeed at it, and the idea of like yeah. winning in it. I know I've always. It's so stupid, but in when I started doing improv, I feel like I always performed best when there was this competitive side of it sure. and it's comedy subjective like it's hard to win at comedy or anything like that um, but to do like competitive improv I was like oh like tonight matters and it doesn't it doesn't matter but the idea that someone else <laughs> created a fake scoreboard and I'm like yes yep. let's go um, so I, it, it's funny now like looking at it now where it does feel like I'm constantly in competition versus
1: you know higher ed where that really doesn't happen.
0: And again, not that it should happen in higher
1: ed. Yeah. But again, from the, from, the, from the business school mindset, you know, if, if, if we got that residential curriculum launched, if we got those uh, project evaluation number or program evaluation numbers through the roof, at the end of the day, I made the same. My paycheck came no matter what. Like it was, it was a flat rate no matter how much I won, so to speak. In my current role, you know, in the the corporate world, in the post-visit school, Billy, if I do something that revolutionizes the way my employer does something or if I create like a huge amount of value for my company, I could expect, Mm -hmm. it's not guaranteed obviously, but I could could expect to see some real, some compensation, some bonus, something from that win.
0: Right. We're in high... In higher ed, our incentives were to see our students do well. Right. Right? So it's an emotional incentive that we're... Which, again, cool. Like, I still want that. I still want to see yeah. the people that I interact with on a daily basis to be better because they interacted with us, right? Like, that's a... Yeah. Sure. Um, but for that to be the sole motivation... And not whatever. Maybe the, the, you're like, wow, you're greedy or you're selfish or you're motivated by things that don't matter. Sure. But I think by adding those pieces, it's only going to make people work harder and work smarter and work better, you know? Right, right. Because you're seeing actual gains versus, like, exhaustion where, like, yeah, it's cool that Gary started out as a nervous little 18-year-old, and then by the end, he was an orientation leader. Like, cool, I'm pumped for Gary. I hope Gary crushes it for the rest of his life, and I hope I, like, DM with Gary six years from now. And it's like, oh, Gary's crushing it, and he's pumped that we had this interaction. Dope. But, like, also, give me a thousand extra bucks.
1: Right, because I can't take Gary's confidence Mm-mm. and put it in an envelope and send it to Sally Mae. No, like at the end of the day, Sally Mae will probably be super happy that Gary's confident, mm-hmm. but Sally May wants her check.
0: Yeah,
1: and and Gary's not paying me.
0: Gary's not, and and if he is, it's because he's crazy successful and he's now my boss. <laughs> yeah. Like if Gary is running Sony Entertainment, and now I am pitching to Sony, then Gary, please pay me so I can pay Sally (laughs) May.
1: But no, you're right. You're right. And so again, to to loop back to one of the things we've already said, we did not intend for this podcast to encourage people to get out of the field. No. But it happens.
0: No. It happens. I think, again, and I'm going to keep blowing smoke up Jason, like, that dude's good. And that dude gets it. And I think he's one of like the few that is also like, I think he's motivated by inspiring other students, but he's also great at like motivate motivating people. Like I think other staff members and like, if if that is something that you embrace and you enjoy and you like doing, I think you can get dividends from that for good. And like, I'm assuming he's going to continue to rise up the ranks in these positions because he's very yeah. great at it. And that's kind of, that's like the other motivational piece. Right. Um, but yeah, I think like if, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, again, I don't think we're trying to encourage people to leave, but
1: to, to to take a step back and unpack it, there are probably a lot of people listening who will who will resonate with that. Who I will resonate so. with the idea that there are pieces of their personal, emotional connection to work that that they don't get that level of fulfillment mm-hmm. in their current job, and again. If you're sitting on the fence, we might be what, you know, we might be the the stiff breeze that knocks them off the fence.
0: Yeah, but I also think like what I wanted at 24 is very different from what I wanted at 34. And I don't think, I'm not going to blame higher ed for that. I think that like I've changed through like experiences that I've had. I've also seen, I mean, we all have working in higher ed have seen crazy, crazy stuff. And I think over time I was like, oh, I'm not paid enough. Or I'm not compensated or I'm not sure. emotionally fulfilled in the way that I'm going to continue to put in these hours and deal with these crises and stuff. And maybe that's more geared towards residents' life, but I've seen enough. Like I don't I was yeah. like I'm not you know, I'm not banking money. I mean I tweeted something stupid that I actually think like in retrospect, I feel like you made that joke first, and now I feel like I stole your joke about uh stock market and like we don't have to worry about the stock market because we didn't get paid <laughs> enough to put anything in the stock market.
1: Uh but like I, I honestly I, I worked in higher ed twelve years, right? Like from, from grad school to end of business school. And I put in more money in my retirement account in one year post business school than I did in those twelve years. Really? One year of, of post business school life. Because I had the flexibility, because I had the you know, I wasn't living check to check the way I did for, you know, that entire time in education, I was able to put more money into the into the four oh one K than I did in twelve years as an educator. Yeah. But feels important right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean right now it's it's you know, whatever. It's I'm not retiring for thirty years, it'll come back. But at the end of the day, that's that's one of those stats that like if I throw that on a slide and put it on LinkedIn it's gonna get some likes on. LinkedIn. <laughs> and we all about those likes baby all about the,
0: all about the, the likes. All right so let's let's switch gears a little bit. what so you've been yeah. how long you've been out of higher ed two years? three years? Uh, two years in May. Two years yeah. in May and that's including in your time in school when you were in business yeah. school?
1: Because when I was in business school, I was working in the the career center at the business school, so yeah. I was still working with students. And honestly, I've said this plenty of times, and especially to my boss at the time, Sarah Steenrod. Shout out, shout out, uh, shout out. Uh, if I had found career services earlier in life, probably would have probably would have gotten another five or six years out of out of higher education. Yeah, that's how I feel because too.
0: If I didn't go back to residence life, same thing. I think if I was in student activities, leadership development, orientation, whatever. It's just like a more rewarding experience.
1: Yeah, it's it, and I I don't know that it's more rewarding, but again, when we get back to that competition and we get back to that, mm-hmm. you know, you in career services, shout out to anybody from career services listening right now. You have that real understanding that my students are up against the students at other schools right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so if I've got if I've got a student that's sitting across from me that wants to prepare for an interview at a top flight company, I know. They're going to be competing with people. So the tips I give them, the energy I put into that meeting, you know, working with them on their resume, all of those different things.
0: Um, all right. I think we should I, we should end like more. Uh, we should take a, a turn so that we can be like, hey, you heard us complaining <laughs> and explaining why you should leave. What is So you've been gone for a couple of years. What is the thing you like miss the most about being in it? <laughs>
1: You know, I always joked about this when I was in higher ed, but being on a college campus, working with 20-year-olds, surrounding yourself with that energy really is the fountain of youth. Yeah. You will never feel as alive and electric and just, you will never feel as young as you do when you spend all day, every day on a college campus. Yeah, There's just, it, it is the fountain of youth and... Living in the suburbs now, I feel older than I've ever felt. Yeah, it's true. I swear my body started
0: hurting more after I moved off campus. Like, it aged I, quickly.
1: <laughs> I, like a year, probably probably six months ago or so, I found myself Googling, why does my back hurt when I wake up?
0: Yeah.
1: And, <laughs> and I just realized that's not, that's not something you need to Google, that's just aging. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I, I have now caught up on 12 years of Staying young,
0: yeah, really quickly. So
1: I had like yeah. a daily yoga practice. Like that's I had right. to, I had to make up for that youthful energy experience mm-hmm. with something else.
0: Yeah, my dad said yesterday that I'm not on the back nine, but I can see the ninth tee box. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's, a, that's, stuff. that's oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a tough conversation, anyways. But to do that during a national pandemic, I'm like, I don't know. Do we need to do this now? <laughs>
1: Yes, I mean I turned 39 last week. Shout out and, and yeah, and and I I have never felt 39. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I I was surrounded by 20 year olds, and I'm not saying that in like a you yeah. know Jersey Shore fist pump every mm-hmm. night, kind of going out being wild, kind of young, but just in that that energy of anything's possible, mm-hmm. anyone can be your new friend. Anything that you want to put your energy into, you should go and do that. You should go and explore. You should go and experiment. You should go and try new things. That is not what the suburbs reinforce. That is not the message that is delivered to you when you don't spend as much time on a college campus as student affairs practitioners do.
0: Yeah, no, I always find it to be inspiring to be around people who are excited about stuff. And nobody's more excited than college students. Because they're yes. finding their passions for the first time, and you get to see them like flourish. You get to see them change with their passions. Like, they're like, "Oh yeah, I actually don't want to do this at all. I want to do this." And that's like just exciting to be around. Like, I, I think the meetings that I miss the most are of those of students who have just like figured out what they're going to pursue. And even though in the back of my mind, I know they're going to change their mind three or four times, it's still just that moment of like, "This is what I'm going after," yeah. and this is the path I'm taking. I'm like, "Oh man, that's awesome." And with I, I mean, the reason that I ended up leaving. I think I, I mean, i told you this for sure, but the reason I ended up leaving higher ed was having conversations with students about being like, you need to take calculated risks. Like now's the time to follow the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life. Like this is your chance, right? This is your chance to experience the stuff and like make those moves to do the things that you want to do. And like, I'm having that conversation while doing something I don't want to do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is, I'm just, I'm feeding you garbage. Like I'm not even following <laughs> this. And so yeah. I, had, that was kind of like they're not
1: willing point. to practice what you preach, right? And that was like the breaking why point. They listen to it,
0: yeah, yeah. I was like, I can't have one more conversation with a student where I'm saying like, you know, you got to choose the hard thing here. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I got to leave. <laughs> it's time to go.
1: And I, I think just just even even talking about that, I'm I'm a huge empath. Like mm-hmm. when when I'm talking with somebody, and and I can feel that they're having. Uh, you know, a moment, they're having a breakthrough or a moment of understanding or a moment of clarity or, or whatever it is. I would have that same moment. You know, Mm -hmm. I would have that same rush of emotion. And, and, you know, when you talk about what's missing, I love my job. Yeah. I do. But I, you know, I don't get brought to the point of tears in a meeting for a good reason. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't get brought to, you know, I don't have those moments as an empath, I just don't have those moments where, you know, you have to take a moment after the meeting to let, to let the, whether it's adrenaline or, you know, whatever, whatever chemicals it is, you just have to say that was a really good meeting and I need to let my heart calm down for a second. Yeah. You just don't have that outside of higher ed. I mean, you might have it in some other jobs. No,
0: I don't, I think you're right though. (laughs) I mean, like I think about all the times I've had meetings where I immediately needed to talk to somebody else i worked with. Where I was like, oh, man, Kyle finally got it. You know, like, those moments where... I mean, granted, I'm not having meetings, period, anymore. So... (laughs) I got a Google notification. But, yeah, I'm not having meetings, period, anymore. So, like, that experience is completely lost on me. But those moments... Yeah, those moments were cool. But, again, like, that goes back to, like, as I was progressing... I was no longer having those meetings with students. The only meetings with students I was having was like, hey, you can't live here anymore. Sure. Or like, yeah. you know, and once once that's taken away, it's like, I don't know. I just didn't find the same, and you talked about this a little bit with like the meetings that you have now. I didn't find that same uh, excitement from having those meetings with staff members. And maybe yeah. it's because they're a little bit older and they have like a better understanding of where their fire is now. So they're not having those like huge swings, right? In those moments. Sure. But it's just not the same. It's not the same.
1: So again, if you're on the fence (laughs) you're on the fence. Maybe we're the stiff breeze that knocks you into saying, Yeah, I can do five more years of this.
0: I like that yeah, that you could do five more. Yeah, I like that, right? We're we're telling you to stay on for five more years.
1: I think Because, because again, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get the emotional resonance. You're not gonna get the fountain of youth, and you're not gonna you're not gonna have colleagues like Mike. You know, you're not going to have this kind of rapport with somebody that you worked with. I mean, we were we worked together 11 years ago now, right? Like, 11
0: years ago, and we worked together for like nine months. Yeah, isn't that crazy? We didn't even work together for a full year.
1: And and you're still one of my favorite people on the planet. We have talked almost constantly because of this project. Yeah, like that's it's you, been cool. You don't find that between you don't humans, find of, that, you know,
0: between humans of higher ed and gambling. I mean, we really have like maintained. <laughs> A strong friendship. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, I think we should I we should end like more uh we should take a, a turn so that we can be like, hey, you heard us complaining <laughs> and explaining why you should leave. What is so you've been gone for a couple years, what is the thing you like miss the most about being in it?
1: You know, I always joked about this when I was in higher ed, but being on a college campus Working with 20-year-olds, surrounding yourself with that energy really is the fountain of youth. You will never feel as alive and electric and just – you will never feel as young as you do when you spend all day every day on a college campus. Yeah, There's just – it is the fountain of youth and living in the suburbs now, I feel older than I've ever felt. Yeah, it's
0: true. I swear, my body started
1: hurting more. After I moved off campus, like it aged quickly. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like a year, probably, probably six months ago or so. I found myself googling why does my back hurt when I wake up? <laughs> yeah, and I <laughs> just realized that's not that's not something you need to Google. That's just aging. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's I, I have now caught up on twelve years of staying young yeah really quickly so i i, I had like a, a daily, daily yoga practice like I had, right. to, I, had I had to i had to make up, up for that youthful energy experience mm-hmm. with something else yeah my
0: dad said yesterday that i'm not on the back nine but i can see the ninth tee box because <laughs> i does like, that's, that's, a, that's oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. a tough conversation anyways but to do that during a national pandemic i'm like i don't know can we do this now <laughs>
1: I mean I turned 39 last week. Shout out and, and yeah, and and I I have never felt 39. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I I was surrounded by 20 year olds, and I'm not saying that in like a you know Jersey Shore fist pump every night, kind of going out being wild, kind of young, but just in that that energy of anything's possible, mm-hmm. anyone can be your new friend. Anything that you want to put your energy into, you should go and do that. You should go and explore. You should go and experiment. You should go and try new things. That is not what the suburbs reinforce. That is not the message that is delivered to you when you don't spend as much time on a college campus as student affairs practitioners do.
0: Yeah, no, I always find it to be inspiring to be around people who are excited about stuff. And nobody's more excited than college students they they're yeah. finding their passions for the first time and you get to see them like flourish. You get to see them change with their passions. Like they're like, Oh yeah, I actually don't want to do this at all. I want to do this. And that's like just exciting to be around. Like I, I think the meetings that I miss the most are of those of students who have just like figured out what they're going to pursue. And even though in the back of my mind, I know they're going to change their mind three or four times. It's still just that moment of like, this is what I'm going after. Yeah. And this is the path I'm taking. I'm like, Oh man, that's awesome. And with I, I mean the reason that I ended up leaving I think I, I mean, i told you this for sure, but the reason I ended up leaving higher ed was having conversations with students about being like, you need to take calculated risks. Like now's the time to follow the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life. Like, this is your chance, right? This is your chance to experience the stuff and like make those moves to do the things that you want to do. And like, I'm having that conversation while doing something I don't want to do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is, I'm just, I'm feeding you garbage. Like I'm not even following <laughs> this. And so yeah. I—that was kind of like you are break- not
1: willing to practice what you preach, right? And that was like the why breaking point. They listen to it,
0: yeah, yeah. I was like, I can't have one more conversation with a student where I'm saying like, you know, you got to choose the hard thing here. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I got to leave. <laughs> it's just time to go.
1: And I, I think just just even even talking about that, I'm I'm a huge empath. Like mm-hmm. when when I'm talking with somebody, and and I can feel that they're having. Uh, you know, a moment they're having a breakthrough or a moment of understanding or a moment of clarity or, or whatever it is. I would have that same moment. You know, Mm -hmm. I would have that same rush of emotion. And, and, you know, when you talk about what's missing, I love my job. Yeah, I do. But I, you know, I don't get brought to the point of tears in a meeting for a good reason. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't get brought to, you know, I don't have those moments as an impact. I just don't have those moments where, you know, you have to take a moment after the meeting to let, to let the, whether it's adrenaline or, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever chemicals it is, you just have to say, that was a really good meeting and I need to let my heart calm down for a second. Yeah. You just yeah. don't have that outside of higher ed. I mean, you might have it in some other jobs. No, I-, I
0: don't, I think you're right though. I, I mean, like I think about all the times I've had meetings where I immediately needed to talk to somebody else i worked with. Where I was like, oh man, Kyle finally got it. You know, yeah. like those moments where, I mean, granted, I'm not having meetings, period, okay. anymore. So. <laughs> I got a Google notification. But yeah, I'm not having meetings, period, anymore. So, like. Uh, let's leave that out of the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> responsible gambling. Responsible gambling. Sure. Yeah, I know. I'm up, I'm up a ton this year, you know? But uh, we don't need to go into that. Show that's, the graphs, that, baby. Show the podcast. graphs. <laughs>
0: Fun though Billy thanks for doing it yeah. um, I mean we're gonna be doing so many more podcasts that Billy's gonna be on, but this was the inaugural all right Billy Dunn thank you so much for joining uh, If you haven't smashed that subscribe button already you're gonna do it Billy should they follow you on Twitter anywhere?
1: Uh, no <laughs> <laughs> follow me on uh, connect with me on LinkedIn that's that's my real jazz. you can tell you left you
0: left higher ed because you're big into LinkedIn now. Yeah, yeah. 2,000 followers on LinkedIn now.
1: How about that? Is that the right terminology? I don't even know. I think it's it's connections. 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 Yeah, we got there.
0: I think we're going to start the podcast with 2,000 followers on LinkedIn. How about that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Billy. Thanks for joining the podcast. 2,000 followers on
0: LinkedIn and then the duty phone rings. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us on the podcast, Billy. We'll talk to you soon.